the hopes of many fans was big people. It seems like the Jaguars said, no, we need fast people. This is Tony Wiggins with your Jacksonville Jaguars report here on Locked On Jaguars. It was speed, speed, and more speed on defense, starting with C.J. Henderson and the other two corners that were taken by Jacksonville. And then with Calavion Chason also going, it was all about the need for speed. I think you need to run. I think you need to rush the passer. And I think you need to be able to cover and tackle, uh, obviously, uh, in the National Football League. You look up and you see teams like Kansas City running around on people uh, with guys running four two forties with a quarterback that can throw it a mile. There needs to be people that can get after that quarterback, and there needs to be people that can keep up with those wide receivers. So uh, from that standpoint, I do understand. I don't get the feeling, though, that this offensive line is settled, and I don't think they can add anybody at this stage in the game that could really help them this year, and that's too bad. Because we all went into this thinking like, man, the Jags really, really do need to add and fortify that offensive line. Some of us, including yours truly, thought that they needed three people, not just one or two. They needed three people. Well, the Jags brass said it at the combine that they felt differently. And their activity and their action since then seems to really make you believe that it wasn't just a smokescreen. It's what they actually felt, that this offensive line – It's good enough right now to compete in the National Football League and be dominant on a consistent basis. I think the fact that you have a quarterback that's very agile and mobile and can really, really, really uh, escape as his own getaway car, and he's escaping trying to figure out where to throw the ball as opposed to just running just to run like we had in the past with Blake. I think a little bit of that factors in. I think what also factors in is that even though uh, there wasn't a lot of respect early on for the passing game, Leonard Fournette was able to run all over some really, really good defenses, although most of the damage appeared to come on one side of the ball. I do think right guard was the, the biggest issue, and the Jags haven't really done anything at this point to to necessarily address the right guard position. There was some thought that maybe you move uh, Andrew Norwell to right guard and then find another guy who can play guard for you to play left guard if you weren't going to move Cam Robinson from left tackle to left guard, which I haven't seen any inclination that that's what they're going to do. I think they're going to go into next season with the line, probably with Mr. Richardson, the third-year player out of NC State, starting at right guard. If they don't address that position in uh, this next phase of free agency, which is where you go out and you find those grizzled veterans, guys that have been uh, released or or guys that were late cuts after the draft additions of their team. And then those guys, you know, you would think can be the people that uh, y- you go find the Josh Sittens of the world. And I, know, I don't know if he's available, but those guys, guys that have played a lot of football, that have a big name, uh, that can come in and maybe they're on the, the wrong side of uh, their apex as a player, but they can still uh, gut it out and help you while you develop other people. Um, I wonder if Grady Jackson is still thought to be on the block since the Raiders apparently have a lot of depth at guard. Uh, That would be an option. Of course, you never know what might happen in terms of trades involving next year's pick and Yannick Ngakwe and Grady Jackson and all of these guys. So I'm just throwing that out there, man. The Jaguars, though, I believe are going to need some help on that offensive line before the season starts whenever, if we have a season and whenever it starts. They're really, really, really going to need more help along the offensive line. 
and we just can't depend on being mediocre anymore. We really have to get out and be able to dominate people up front. So, you know, who better than to ask than the general manager of the Jacksonville Jaguars? I'm going to do that when I talk to Dave Caldwell today here on Locked On Jaguars. Stand tall, buckle your seatbelts. Dave Caldwell, the GM of the Jags, will be on with us in just a second. All right, Locked On Jaguars fans, I promised you, uh, and I didn't tell you when it was going to happen, but I actually have Dave Caldwell. I'm here. Thanks for having me. It's about time we got this done. I know it, right? I mean, we've been talking about it for, what, two, three years? But then sometimes, you know, I don't know, people throw temper tantrums, players get mad, and then you have all of this other stuff that piles up on your plate, and you have to figure out uh, how you're going to navigate it. So it's a little bit quiet right now. We can get it done. Uh, the draft. The draft was the other day. Challenging, I guess. Different. Maybe not so so much for you because you're a scout by nature, and you could just depend on your instincts and, and your team. Uh, how happy are you are you with the way that it turned out, and and um, where are the areas that you believe you improved? Well, we're, we're we're very happy the way it turned out, and obviously there's always you, you can't always fill every single need, and you can't always um, you, you can't always get the player every single player you want. But for the most part, we felt like, hey, we improved. We wanted fast, sudden, urgent athletes with high developmental upside. And um, we got that. We got good, solid football players, too. I mean, you know, you look from top to bottom, guys that are, are, are just good, instinctive football players. They all have the measurables we look for, height, weight, speed. But um, they all play at a high level, and they love football. And they love to be in a team sport. Yeah, and, you know, and that's big. I, I was talking to uh, the voice of the Jags, Frank Frangie, and I asked him, and I know Doug got a little bit uh, indifferent with the way that the question was asked. Not as if you guys have uh, sacrificed talent for um, for character, because I, I believe you can have, have both, and that's to say that everyone who's left here has bad character, and I don't necessarily agree with that. I just think sometimes things happen and they kind of take on a life of their own, but uh, how how important was it for you guys to go into the draft and get sort of like-minded people considering some of the issues that you've had in the past? Well, it's important, and, and you're right. I mean, some of the people left here were not bad character guys, and, and, and just the opposite. Um, but sometimes personalities don't match. It's, it's why there's divorces in this world. You live with somebody for 8, 10, 12, 15 years, and, and then all of a sudden you grow apart for whatever those reasons are. Um, you know, some of them didn't work out. Some of them were just, it was time to move on. And, um, you know, I I think the biggest thing for us is people may look at this as, Hey, we're rebuilding or we don't look at that way. We're looking at, Hey, we had some parts that we had to move on from, but we felt like there was opportunity for us to get better too. And, uh, maybe younger, maybe faster, maybe more athletic. And, um, and at the end of the day, we felt like we did that. We, we don't feel like we sacrificed any talent on this roster, over the moves we've done. We had to get the salary cap in order. We did that. We went in free agency. We got some good, solid core football players in free agency and guys that will help us right away. And then we went through the draft, and we got 12 players we really liked and that we coveted. So uh, we feel like this is a a good situation, and uh, we feel like the players that we got is going to be a good team atmosphere here. Yeah, and, uh, you know, uh, nobody, everybody knows this. Anybody who's looking, Dave, you and I, we come a long way. I went from being the guy that fired you like every 17 minutes <laughs> and, and being your biggest critic. And, and I'm being serious here. What happened with us it was like it, it, it was almost a situation where 
all of a sudden one day we started talking to each other and then I realized you didn't take it personal. You realized I was not meaning for it to be personal, but I stood on top of that stuff. So what do you say to a guy like me or even the fans that say, man, how did this dude get another shot at this after seven years and, and we're back at square one? Um, what do you say to that person that just really wants this organization to win and, and quite frankly didn't think you were the guy to keep going? Yeah, and, and, I, and I respect that. And, hey, I want this is what I say. I want you to continue to be my biggest critic. And um, I feel because I feel like I'm my biggest critic and uh, and nobody wants to win more than myself and Coach Marone and Shad Khan. Trust me on that. This, this isn't a situation. We felt like that, you know, when we first got here, that there was a lot of things that needed to be done um, and and that this organization had to grow. And we felt like we were growing and we felt like we got to a point where we had a competitive team and a team that could that was Super Bowl ready. And sure enough, we were. Um, we felt like that team should have been more competitive over the last couple of years than what it was. And for whatever reason, if, if it just wasn't the cohesiveness of the team or we underperformed, hey, you know what? It happened. And, um, and now it's time to, you know, take the reins off a little bit. Um, I feel like that I have grown in my job. When seven years ago, I'm a different GM now. And I think you, you kind of recognize that than what I was seven years ago. And I'm more willing to take risks. I'm more willing to do things a little bit unconventionally than maybe I would have done the first time around. Right. But the process, the processes stay the same. Um, but I think the end of at the, at the end results have to be different. And uh, we've did some things where maybe in years past I would have held on to a player or two longer than I should have. And nowadays it's you know we want the best players, we want the the best team available. And um, I think uh, that's always kind of been our mindset. But I think the idea of hey, let's get young, let's get fresh, let's get energized here and uh, put a team on the field that we can all be proud of. I think at times, you know, we were losing and losing got the best of us. And uh, there was times where I was not proud of the team that was on the field and how they acted. And um, I think if, if, if we can come together as a team and focus on the details, focus on the fundamentals and just get better every day, I think um, you're going to see a, a good brand of football here in Jacksonville. We're talking to Dave Caldwell, the general manager of the Jacksonville Jaguars, post the 2020 NFL draft. Dave, you took one of my questions. You took the thunder. I'm not going to ask. I was going to ask you, was there ever a time that you just looked in the mirror? Because sometimes this is what people want. You know what? I screwed up. I didn't do that right. Or I did. I yang when I should have yanged. So you kind of already said that, you know, you're a different GM now than uh, you used to be. So from that perspective, there's a lot of people that think, okay, these guys have to win now. Marone Caldwell got a win right now. How did you navigate through doing something in the draft and free agency that could help you win more games now versus actually doing what's best? And we know this sometimes what's best for the franchise are not micro issues. They're macro issues where you have to really set this franchise up when you're picking in the top 10, you got to set yourself up for years to come. How did you manage to do what's best for the organization and not try to do what's best for Dave and Doug for this year? Well, I think, I think you can do both at the same time. And I think we have done that. I think, uh, I think Shad, our ownership knows that uh, when we laid the plan out with him at the end of the season and um, that Doug and I were both going to do regardless of what happens, we're going to do what's best for the organization and let the chips fall where they might. And we feel like we have a good team. And, and I know the talk out there of, of 
that we're tanking all that. And, and that's not the case. I promise you, we feel like that we've gotten better. We've gotten younger, we've gotten faster. Um, and I just feel like that, uh, the talk is a little bit unfounded. We had a good core players. We got some really good second year players and Josh Allen, Gardner Minshew, Jawan Taylor that are coming back um, on top of guys like DJ Chark and, and some solid pros like uh, Brandon Linder, Andrew Norwell. I mean, we have some, some tools here. And then you had pieces like a Tyler Eifert, a Rodney Gunther, a Joe Schobert, and guys can really start to play in the positions that they were meant to play in. And we got bigger up front on the defensive side of the ball. Um, we got more physical on the defensive side of the ball with some of our draft picks and some of our free agents. And then we got a playmaking tight end and, and some playmaking wide receivers throughout the draft. Um, so I think uh, we're just going to let the talk be the talk and then uh, see what, if we can put our best foot forward come the season. All right, so uh, that's a great answer. I got to get to this because I told you I wasn't going to keep you very long. I know you're really, really busy, uh, but we're here at Locked on Jaguars. We're very obviously always very happy to have you on. Um, Jan, I got to get to Yannick, man, because you and I have had this discussion for, what, 12, 13 months every time we we run into each other. And I got an affinity for the dude, and the reason why is because he grew up where I grew up a little bit, up, up in PG County, Maryland, and D.C. area. And the other thing is, he was always the anti-superstar. He saw me in the airport and slapped me in the back of the head one day. You know, it's just he's just always the guy that Calais talked about it when we had Malik Jackson on our show a few years ago when I was doing radio. He talked about it, how hard the guy worked, how he's a lunch pail, bring it all day. I don't think the dude eats a hamburger. So my thought was always, if you pay a guy, even if you overpay a guy, that's the guy you want. You don't want the other guy. And now... Lately, this thing has gone on social media. Surprisingly, he didn't come after you. He went after Tony Khan. But where do we stand with that? And and with the fans that take it extremely personal, you said that Jan has a point, and I want you to expound on what point you think he might have. And then was the second offer much bigger or significantly greater than uh, the, the first offer that you made last summer? Explain to us what your mindset is about all of that and what you feel about Yannick Ngakwe. Well, I think, and I think you and I share the same sentiments about him. Um, he's always been one of my favorite players on the team. He's always come to work, lunch pal guy, work hard, minds his own business, does his work, has a, has a chip on his shoulder, but that's a good thing, and really plays like it. Um, so that's that, that's the Jan, Jan that I know and that you know and that we've always talked about about a guy that you wanted here to be here for a long period of time and and. Um, I think uh, what we've seen lately has just been uncharacteristic. I'm sure there's a lot of frustrations on his part. Um, and because the deal didn't get done last year, although we tried to put our best foot forward, it didn't work out. Um, and then we tried again in the off season and, it, and I don't want to get too out of respect for Jan. I don't want to get too involved in the details, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I think you and I share the same, same infinity for, for the player and the person that, a lot of respect for him. And, um, you know, like I said, what happened um, a couple of weeks ago was, and throughout this off season has been very uncharacteristic uh, of the, the person that you and I both know. And um, just hope that we can uh, put that beside us and, and hopefully we can uh, come to some type of agreement where he's playing for the Jaguars. Well, you know, if, if I was like prop Joe or somebody from one of those shows, the wire, I try to fix it, but you know, I'm just the dude that's doing the podcast, man, and I try to, you know, not get in people's business. But I, I really do hope for you guys and for the Jaguars' sake 
uh, that it's fixable. If it's fixable, will it be a long-term issue? And and can him, uh, Chason, and Josh Allen all play a lot of football at the same time, or would they be in some sort of rotation system? Well, that that that'd be fun to see in in our nickel situation, huh? Because you got three guys there that are are all really interchangeable that can play out of a three-point stance, two-point stance. Uh, they can rush over centers. They can rush over guards. And um, that that is something that we thought about would be a great asset for our team. And, and password situations to have those three guys, those tremendous athletes that, that have a hunger to get to the quarterback, uh, something that we look forward to. All right. So uh, real quick, you said that there weren't any offers on draft night. Were there inquiries? Were there phone calls? Were there a little bit of feeling out process? Because I realized that offers usually happen after people actually have conversation. Yeah, they were. Uh, there was uh, not so much on draft night. They were more so prior to the draft. Uh, there were some inquiries. No, no hard offers. No, um, no hard uh, offers by any team. No. Okay, Leonard uh, Fournette. Um, uh, what's his future here? I saw something that he posted, and I and I heard a lot of rumors about him. Were there were there offers or uh, inquiries about Leonard Fournette as well, or do you care to comment? But yeah, there. Uh, you know, just with any player, and and these things go on throughout the whole draft, and you'd be surprised at some of the players people will call about, and you'd be wouldn't be surprised about others. And once there was rumors out there that there were some discussions about him at the combine and stuff like that, it's kind of taken on a life of its own. Um, no offers were, were, were given to us on him. And, um, but I think it's our job. It's my job as a general manager to listen to the, to teams and, and to try to put the best team out there and, and, and do what's best for the team. And, and, uh, nothing materialized it. We expect Leonard to come in. He's, he's been doing the virtual off season program the last two days. And, uh, he seems like he's in a good spot. And, um, so we look forward to him coming in and, uh, competing and, and putting his best foot forward too. All right, David. Well, uh, uh, like I said before, thank you for taking this time to come speak with us here on Locked On Jaguars. Um, and you, you know why I don't mind you being my biggest critic, and you better continue to be my biggest critic. Go ahead, tell them. Because, because I know you do the work, and I know that I don't. I don't mind the difference of opinions, and I don't mind um, people uh, that criticize as long as they're doing the work too. And I know you do the work, and and I know by some of the texts you send me about some of these players, I'm like, man, how do you know about this guy? So mm-hmm. I, I know you're out there watching football and, and doing your doing your thing. So yes, um, so, yes. Noticed, they were they were I, three mid round guys I sent you last week. I thought they'd be there on day three, and they all went on day two. So you yeah, know, sure I, I do I do put a little bit of the work in, man. Well, thank you. Uh, uh, people don't understand the conversations we have. Sometimes you initiate it. Sometimes I initiate it. Uh, I found out that you grew up in a restaurant. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna tell you right now. I grew up in my grandma's kitchen, bro. You ain't gonna outcook me. So that's not gonna happen. Oh, I- I'll cook you any day of the week. <laughs> All right, David. Dave Caldwell, general manager of the Jaguars. Thank you for joining us here on Locked on Jaguars, bro. Amen. All right.